So I guess the biggest news is that Manny Faces declared hip hop dead. Did you hear that? I thought Nas declared hip hop dead. Yeah, and then Manny Faces followed up and said, I agree. Uh, hip hop is over. Uh, it was never about the culture. It was only ever about rap music and um, something new needs to take its place. And I believe he is shifting his focus entirely to uh, folk electronica. I don't really know what that is, but um, it was a huge pivot and massive news. Yeah. Also, Manny Faces is on the road right now and divulged to us that he didn't bring a microphone with him. He forgot to pack a mic. And so he said, please don't say anything that would cause me to have to say anything back to you in this episode. Um, And so those two things aren't correlated, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Just because I don't have a good mic doesn't mean that I don't have any mic. Jerk. It's just big news. Big news. Huge news. I have big news. What's your big news? I had a really eventful morning. Tell me. Do you want to guess what happened? Um, You got a flu shot and a COVID vaccine on top of your shingles vaccine. No, I did do the flu and COVID combo a little mm. while ago. Okay. I think so I, sh- I don't it? need shingles yet. Okay. No. Any um, other guesses? You No, I have no other guesses because I've been with you for a little bit here. So I don't know any of the big news. <laughs> I fell down the stairs. You fell down the stairs? <laughs> when? In Where? My, here? In my apartment. You did? And Is I, anybody there to see it? I took my sister down with me. You pulled her with you? I went forward like a bowling ball. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> does your building have cameras? Yes. My roommate was like, I'm going to email our, our landlord. Amazing. Yeah. So they're like. For, oh, I'm sorry. Hey, hey, are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. Okay. Now. I have some like gross bruises. I'll show you them. Wow. Yeah. That's exciting. <laughs> yeah. So you know, just like two two girls off to work early in the morning, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. walking down the stairs. And all of a sudden, I just, I don't really remember, but there are concrete stairs mm. onto a concrete floor. Ooh. And I think I just went like, and my sister turned around, but then we were it just all too late. on the ground. I don't, I think she didn't fall fully. I was, I fell on my face. Mm-hmm. I fell on my face. Okay. Um, <laughs> and I was trapped under the weight of my backpack. So like a, like a reverse turtle. Oh my! So I. You had the backpack on front of on the front. Well, a reverse turtle because they usually get they get stuck on their backs, not oh, on their yeah, front. Yeah. So I couldn't like, I was like, my legs were like on the stairs, mm-hmm. and my face is like on the ground on this concrete floor. Oh, I hope your roommate can get this video. And I was just like, <laughs> help! Like I can't, I can't get my backpack off. Did she lose it and not be able to help you? For no, I mean, I think bit? she was too scared. Well, we because we've been watching Chicago Fire and PD and Med. Still? Of Well, I'm done with everyone but Fire. She's on the early days still. But wow. she was like, her mind immediately went to like calling the fire department, all the ambulances, because she thought it was going to be like, all my bones are going to be broken. Mm-hmm. Which I think it's actually kind of a miracle that nothing happened because I fell face first onto concrete. See her. That's nice that she had that immediate reaction. I think mine would have been more like, I need to get the tape to put this on fail blog. <laughs> I think it would have, I don't think it was funny enough. I think it probably was sad. Oh, okay. I think I looked probably sad, like going like, mm-hmm. oh, oh, 99. Yeah, wait, look, I'll show you my gross shin. By the way, 101 is here and might make a surprise appearance. 
which is also huge. Ooh, my. Oh, goodness. Oh. Were your jeans already ripped? <laughs> yes. Okay, just checking. Okay, back up. Wow. Back. Yeah, and I like fucked up my hand. Yeah, you did? Yeah. I look like I punched someone out and like yeah. this finger was all ripped and I got like a bunch over here. Um, it's a sweet fall. It was. My face hurts Proud a little bit. <laughs> but do you, do you want to... <laughs> does your, does your mind is killing me. <laughs> do you know what my first thought was though? What? Like all I was worried about? My glasses. Yeah. I thought they were going to be smashed. Yeah, of course. And so also this preempts, I was holding Christmas presents. Okay. So I had the big, like one of those Marshalls bags, you mm -hmm. know, that everyone has. Sure. And I think the weight of it, like through, like, I think it was like, a, like anchor or, you know what I mean? Like, I was going to say more so that it, uh, this is what happens when you wake up before the crack of noon. <laughs> How dare you? Only I'm allowed to joke about my <laughs> depression sleeps. <laughs> but yeah, it's possible that my hand-eye coordination had woken up. Um... <laughs> But yeah, so I was carrying them and they were wrapped really beautifully. Aww. My roommate, she used to work at a gift wrapping, like a gift shop. Oh. So she is like an amazing, her gift wrapping, she can make beautiful bows. Mm -hmm. And so I had her wrap these this, these items. Yeah. Um, and one of them, which happens to be yours, <gasps> the gift didn't break. Yay. But the wrappings did. Oh. So I rewrapped it and it, it looks a little sadder. So I'm just letting you know when you see it why it looks like that well you didn't need to get me anything well it's the holidays no. I, this isn't like a humble brag like i got you a gift i just wanted you to know like it was it pretty was prettier yeah and now. then and but a miracle didn't break because okay there's glass involved oh wow because that would imagine if i had a face full of fucking glass then you would have been mad at me probably <laughs> yeah. but yeah so it was a really eventful day um goodness my sister came out mostly unscathed okay some emotional trauma, maybe yeah. a bruise yeah. on her leg. Mm. And she, we were texting about it. Me, my sister, and my roommate laughing with each other. And my sister was like, I forgot I was on a Zoom call. And she started laughing in the middle of it. She was like, I think my boss thinks I'm laughing at him. And I was like, You should tell him. Tell him that I fell down the stairs and took you with wow. me. So, yeah, big breaking news. There's nothing else going on. 99, 99 just avalanche style. Because most people fall, they slide on their butts. Yep. I don't know how I ended up on my front. You were just I carrying too much. I went this way. You are just carrying too much. <laughs> Max made some uncouth gestures. I did not. <laughs> it was the jerk-off gesture. Oh, no, it was not. <laughs> Goodness gracious. Well, um, I'm glad you're here in one piece. Let's just say that. Thank you. Thank you for the story. Thank you for sharing. You're welcome. As well, because you didn't need to. You I mean, let that pass. it's one of those things that like, it's like when something embarrassing happens, you have to tell everyone, you know? Yeah. Like well, if, now we can talk to one-on-one -on -one about it. Oh yeah. She'll cry laughing. Okay. Guaranteed. We're at that point now where we're, we're laughing about it. I like it. <laughs> we So we have a whole bunch of big news actually to break with the 99's uh, near-death experience, obviously being the most important. <laughs> we told everybody that we are busy preparing the UNFTR 2.0 digital presence as it were and we're very close to launching and uh the request from our developer i'm gonna call him rambo oh that was what he asked for no oh no it just uh it kind of jives with you know what i call him internally here okay you know what i mean and he tried to take the ram from the computer mere moments he ago did. he did yeah thieving little rambo the request was can we do it on jan one can we do it and really start fresh for the new year. And I think that's a great idea. And uh, 99 concurs because I don't know if you know this about 
$99, but she is, I don't even know if this is a, an allowable uh, psychological term anymore. You know how uh, we used to say, us kids back in the day, anal retentive? You can say it. I call myself anal all the time. Okay. I feel like the retentive part just becomes redundant. So, yeah, 99 wanted to do anal and just hold off a little bit. Is that the way to say it? That's I the think, right phrasing, right? I think so. Okay, great. Yeah, there's a few steps I needed to take to get there and, like, feel comfortable with it, but... Right. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, we're going to let 99 uh, do anal before we launch it on January 1st, but I can tell you I'm really, really proud of the work and I'm very happy. We have a whole bunch of new stuff that we're packing in there, but we're also making it easier to find everything. And that that was one of my big bugaboos is that, you know, initially, you know, we never thought that it would grow to where UNFTR has grown. And so we've cobbled together a bunch of stuff that has been really effective over the years from the membership platform to the bookshop, at one point on Substack, and then the pod stuff lived in kind of one universe and the blogs lived in another universe and all that. So with a new collaboration to bring our assets together uh, with the folks over at Manny's other pod, which is Newsbeat, we're going to be fleshing out the news feed. And that's really super exciting. We're also going to be adding an additional newsletter. So some of the stuff we've gone over, but it'll make a lot of sense when you see the whole thing packaged up together. And I think it's going to make our uh, our stuff really navigable and easy to, uh, you know, to, to fuck with. So very excited about that. Also, at the same time, coming into this time of year, I you know, I think like a lot of people, it's it's getting cold. It's just dark out so early. The pressure of the holidays, the pressure of closing out the year on the work front and setting yourself up for success in the next year. Not falling down the stairs. Not falling down the stairs. Uh, you know, trying to prevent Rambo from stealing the Ram. Like a whole bunch of stuff going on. I, I felt sort of, um, I've been feeling very pressured and under the gun lately. Uh, to put it mildly. And so I've been taking a step back to really scope out how we want to launch this thing, what we want everything to look like in the new year. Because now when you think about it, we got a couple videos a week, a couple podcasts a week, a couple of newsletters a week, fresh original content, interviews, uh, you know, hopefully galore in the new year. And it's a lot to, to plan out on a calendar and to make sure that everything kind of works when it's a, a small team like this in addition to all the other sort of uh, holiday pressures. So I was feeling a bit gloomy, I'm not going to lie. I was feeling a, a, a bit uh, under the gun, a lot uh, under a lot of pressure and a little gloomy. And uh, 99 texted me last night and said, uh, oh my God, hold fast. And so I went on our email because it usually means that some notification came across and there was an email from our now official band I mean, if it wasn't official before, it was our unofficial official band. It is now our official band of UNFTR, the Holdfast Band out of Pennsylvania. They sent us a new original song. They went into the studio to record this for us. And so it is our great pleasure to debut this new song from the UNFTR official band, Holdfast. Listen to the man who knew we finally had enough So we started up a podcast and called upon his friends No matter where you're from or your unique political bent Here's the story of our perfect American ass Max in 99 with the facts to blow your mind And Nanny with the wicked sound design So grab a seat and pour yourself a glass of writer's tears Unfucking the Republic is about 
There's so much to love about that. We had to play it back a couple of times because very subtly at the at the end is not my favorite part, but just like a little Easter egg uh, in, in the background. One of the band members yelling out, and fuck you too, Milton Friedman. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. And it sounded almost Canadian in the way that they uh-huh. said hey, it. Hey, fuck you, hey, man. fuck you too, Milton Friedman. I just like when they call it Back to 99's podcast, like yeah. I contribute educational materials in the same way. It makes it, it, no, I'm not being self-deprecating. I don't write the show like you do. Someone's fishing. I'm not. Someone's fishing. I'm not. <laughs> uh, so if you think about this, show, show notes has become an equal part of the show. Yes, in response to a lot of the stuff that we cover, but if without show notes, the personality of the show isn't there. And it's clear that if you look at our metrics, that the whole thing kind of really took off after I'm, you joined I the show, swear right? I where I was not, that was not my intention. I know. If, I think... It is not an unfair thing to say. I don't write the content. And that is that is the the core of the show. So I just it makes me feel like, yeah, I do I do this. Like I could tell someone like Damn right. this is my podcast. And they yeah, listen, they're like, seen. what a smart girl. Yeah. She you're knows seen. everything about Israel Palestine. Well, we do know a lot more than we did before. That's true. Right? We are we're on this learning journey together. But man, hold fast. I know. Now we have so on the bucket list, we have to add a show in Pennsylvania. I think they're in Harrisburg, if I'm not mistaken. We could just take them on tour with us. That would be incredible. Opening act. Oh my God, that would be incredible. Uh, Celtic punk is so much fun. First off, let's just say that, that it is just a fun genre and they crush it. And I love that they, I love that they worked in writer's tears. That's what I got you last year for Christmas. Yes. And I was like, and then Bobby also sent you a bottle. Yes, he did. I think we we both had the same sense of humor of like, that's funny. Yes. By the way, um, best holiday card ever did mm-hmm. come from Bobby McD. Yes. We both got a card from Bobby McD. And a nice card from Alex S. So thank you, Alex. Yeah. And a gift from Alex yeah, S. It, Alex it was a whole, S. A whole, we got spoiled. We did. We really did. Um, Bobby McDee's cards, uh, just because he knows us so well, he sent 99 uh, a card with Taylor Swift on the cover. Yeah. And was kind enough not to write anything on the inside. He put a note on a post-it, right? Yeah, because he wanted, in case I wanted to use it or frame it, but it said Mary Swift Miss. He's so, and he's so sweet. And the thoughtful. back says like handmade in Ireland. And I just love the idea that this is like a piece of Swifty merch from a different country. Yeah. You know, it makes it makes... Getting something from other countries sometimes is like cool. You're like, wow. Super cool. Like that's Ireland. Maybe I've never been there, so it's a little cool. I'm like, whoa. Uh, and mine was mine was just as sweet. Yeah. Like totally wholesome family time. Yeah. I think, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing here. I think I got this right. Um, Santa has a naughty. No, I need to get it. <laughs> I don't want to fuck this up. Be right back. Why don't you fill time? Should I gargle? (laughs) Rambo is in the building and he saw me doing that and he's laughing at me. You're Rambo now. That's your name. I'm talking to him. He's off mic. He caught me gargling. You you really gargle? A little bit. Okay. I love you. Bye. I love you. Yep. I did gargle very briefly until he looked at me funny. All right. And we're back. The card says, Santa has a cunt list, which is just a piece of paper with your name on it. <laughs> That's it. That's perfect. <laughs> I love that so much. So we're just a washing gifts. We got 
hot sauce from Alex. A hat. I got a hat and a book of poetry. That's right. That So that's from the great McFleshman's Brewery. Also on the bucket list from Wisco. Well, that's where we'll have the bit that will take hold fast to... I keep almost calling you guys hold the hold steady, and I'm sorry. You know, hold steady. Uh, it's like rock a, steady. What's that? The rock steady crew. No. Manny. Sure. Okay. Hold steady. Different. Okay. But I keep I keep thinking, you know, when like you you know that you're almost doing it, and then you forget which is the real one. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we take hold fast to Apple. To nope. Yep. McFleshman's. Yeah. Are they in Appleton, Wisconsin? Are they in Appleton? They might be. Yeah, we take them there. Yeah. And we Let's fly, just say out of gamey. We fly Tom in. In our big out of gamey takeover. Tom comes. Yeah. You know. Out of gamey uh, is, by the way, is our official county. Holdfast is our official band, but our official county in loving memory of Nettie McGee. And also, you know, home to Knudsen mm-hmm. as well. So many things. Yeah. We'll have, to, they'll do a, we'll do a walking tour. I love it. Uh, so thank you to the dudes at Holdfast for putting that together. It. The love, you could feel the love in, in what you did. Absolutely. You know, and... Uh, we'll have to add a little blurb to the website now, too. Uh, way ahead of you. Oh. It's already on the staging Whoa. site. Whoa. That's... Look at you. Look at me. Look at me. I'm proud of you. I didn't break anything Good either. Job, I don't bud. think. Yeah. Oh, so I was thinking, one of the things that we have to get this year are a couple of sponsors. We should go after writer's tears. Okay. Right. I think we should start it. If we could get unfuckers to help us start a campaign to get let's writers like tears whiskey. The, let's like look into them first. All right. I mean, I'm just, I hope that they're good, but I'm sure you they're just great. never know. I'm sure they're great. Writers Like tears. I was looking at the 1776 whiskey and I was like, I like the. Well, that might be it, Exactly. Dodgy, well, right? they ruined it now. The, the, ruined it. the MAGA people ruined it. All right. It's from Wheel Horse. Am I 21 or older? Yes, I am. All right. It's a century in the making. Okay. okay. Our distillery. It's in Western Kentucky. That is the home of bourbon. That's for real. I mean. I'll have to look up their their owner on Open Secrets or whatever the fucking thing's called. Donor lookup. Wheel horse, wheel horse, wheel horse. Am I even on the right side? Wait a minute. Oh, I think I went to an ad. <laughs> Such an idiot. <laughs> Stop it. Oh, I went to an ad. It was oh, blue. It was suck. blue, and it said sponsored. Oh, I thought it was my the God. Don't call those site. people. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> if we're naming dream sponsors, I want a chapstick company. I want my my favorite company, Ecolips. I want you to sponsor us. What did you just say? Eco. Oh. Okay. Lips. All right. What did you think I said? I don't know, man. I just, I think I just heard lips. And You made me scared that I said like, like the N word by accident. Uh, <laughs> like I was just like, oh God, what did I say? <laughs> Eco lips. My favorite so one funny. is the mid They ask one. you to put in your date of birth. Does anybody actually put in their real date of birth? To I usually just put like, like January this? 1st, 1920. Mm. All right. So this is from the Walsh whiskey. This is from the Koch brothers. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> The Walsh story. Hey, oh, there they are. Oh, they look very regal. Are they cute? Like little cuties? Ooh, they're, they're inspired by Ireland's golden era of Irish whiskey. Okay. Established by Bernard and Rosemary Walsh in 1999. Family business. Here's their values. Perseverance. Creative. Forward-looking. Genuine. Warm and respectful. Integrity. Family business with strong values. And considered. Always thinking about the long-term implications of everything that we do. Okay, if listen, if a whiskey site is going to put that on their site, I'm I'm good. Yeah. Can we be good with that? 
Look I, at this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna just, I just. All right, we have to find Rosemary and Bernard and uh, John Griffin and just let them know, unfuckers, that uh, they need to sponsor this podcast. That, and then I also take a brewery. Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, but what do we do? I mean, we've got, we've, we've nominally adopted. Oh, you're right. McFleshman's. Well, McFleshman's doesn't distribute outside, so. Okay, that's fair. The day they start distributing nationally, that's when we drop whatever. Okay, that's when we drop Anheuser-Busch. <laughs> we also need uh, an arms manufacturer. Yes. Um, if you could get me the, um, me trying to dig up one gun name. I'm trying <laughs> to think of the James Bond gun. The Walther PPK. Oh, wow. <laughs> is that what it is? I don't know. I think it is. Can you fact check that me? That sounds just as regal as writer's tears. Can you Google that? James Gunn. James Gunn Bond. James Gunn's Bond? That's when he James paid. Bond Gunn. Uh, a Walther PPK. <laughs> How the fuck did you know that? I don't know. I think I've listened to enough podcasts where men talk about James Bond tangentially that, it, wow. you know, Aston Martin, everyone knows that one. I think I could... Maybe come up with the watch he wears if I tried hard enough. The watch? Yes. Mm. Google it and then tell me what letter it starts with. Oh. Omega? Yeah. That doesn't sound that. What? what? Is that is that a good watch? I don't know watches. I think it's expensive. People are nuts about watches. John Mayer has like a $500,000 watch collection. Okay. And I don't think that that's actually any great shakes compared Maybe to some more. people out there that are just like, I don't know. Apparently, did you time pieces to hold on for generations? I feel like I saw, I can't remember if it was an Onion article or not, but I, I don't think it was. I feel like I saw an article that said they were removing clocks from classrooms because kids can't tell time. <laughs> I have to Google now. Yeah. Let's last fact check and then we can move on. Okay. While you're um, fact checking that, uh, can I get to, I have a correction. Okay. So in the newsletter, I incorrectly framed the third congressional district in a way that my one of my very very best friends who argues with me all the time he's probably going to listen to this said it's mostly false what the clocks thing yeah that makes sense thank you snopes uh fact checking me i i characterized the third congressional district in new york is predominantly jewish it is not predominantly jewish it is one of the most concentrated uh top 10 concentrated Jewish concentrated districts in the country but it's not predominantly Jewish it's predominantly white this person was like how dare you say I live among the Jews no this person is a Jew oh okay yeah fine uh, and was like dude predominantly Jewish That that's not a thing that's actually not a thing anywhere and and, and he's right there is no Israel. predominantly Jewish congressional district it's one of the top 10 in the country though in terms of the uh, the density of Jewish voters is it it's per- predominantly white and it's only 3% black, so it is uh, it is white, and there's an, a growing first and second generation Asian population, and then kind of a smattering of some other ethnicities that are that are in there, but that's, uh, so it's, it's mostly white and Asian. Uh, but there is a, very, a heavy concentration of Jewish voters in that district, but I shouldn't have framed it as predominantly, and that was really dumb and lazy, so I apologize about that. Maybe you're, is it like the, the local, like, school district is like you know what i mean like maybe there might be like something so some kernel of truth that you what's the word i'm looking for oh, fuck sorry. Well, there's a great resource that actually uh data usa puts out a lot of conflated 
data about specific congressional districts. And uh, I had taken uh, the word predominantly was sticking in my head because I, I took it was a predominantly white district. And that was also one of the most heavily concentrated districts for Jewish voters. Mm. And I sort of matched the two up in my head and I was writing too quickly. Mm, I was just trying to give you an out, but no, 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 okay. I, no I fucked that up. <laughs> And uh, what I what I love about so he he tends to live text me mm. uh, when he's listening to show notes, which is awesome. So he it's like he's the third person in the room with us when he's responding to it. But sometimes it's days and days after You're we like, drop the what? episode. I'm like, what is he even talking Does about? Does he right laugh now? at my jokes? Um, he's usually pretty serious and on point with his criticism. So he's he doesn't he doesn't stop at the fun stuff. Mm. He's just like he's really like, you know getting after it. Too much. But jokes, 99. <laughs> um, so we're going to let 99 uh, do anal before we launch it. I, he's uh, He's got filthy potty mouth as well. I don't think he would uh, he would he would have a problem with any of that. Okay. Um, I just wanted to know if you but like we have me. we have very serious differences of opinions on how the uh, war in Gaza is being prosecuted. Mm-hmm. And it's also one of the now again, he's he's one of my best friends on the planet. So it's a very healthy discourse that we have. Uh, but we we tend to cede very little ground to one another. But anyway. Well, guess who has the wrong, microphone? <laughs> I got the mic, motherfucker. Yeah. Also, we got some stuff to get into before we get into some feedback because it's been a couple of weeks. But I should it's say this is technically the last. I believe this is going to be the last episode of the year because I'm going to be traveling for a little bit as I'm preparing for next year. The editorial calendar. We're also reaching out to a few people for collaborations. We're also putting together our first hang, monthly hang with Max, which is going to be a uh, feature of the membership tiers. So uh, we have a lot to put together to make sure that January is uh, is just shock filled with fun shit. So I'm going to focus more on that. But we do have a couple of really great episodes, obviously, that are going to be dropping during the month of January that that need a lot of time. That's so, pretty stressful. It's uh, it's, I might it, just it's not entirely come back. too stressful. I might not come back. All right. All right. Well, I, I guess I'll see what 101 is doing when she joins us in a little bit. She's coming with me. What? After you fucking yanked her down the stairs and tried to kill <laughs> I her this morning? Her. I, I, think ye- I, have a, I, I think I have a good her. shot There's at holding on to her. Yeet, not yank. Yeet. So let's get into a couple uh, quick headlines, just giving you the top level of it, because you'll see them in fully explained in the newsletter. Uh, but the first one, it falls under the category of We Told You So, which is in The Guardian. The U.S. child poverty rate doubled in 2022. The headline is that it's thanks to Joe Manchin and we have to reverse course. Uh, This obviously relates to the child tax credit that we spent a lot of time talking about over the last year and a half or so. And the fact that they did not renew it coming out of the pandemic. And it was one of the it was one of the most successful singular pieces of legislation that we have ever passed and then just abandoned without giving it a second pass. Absolutely stunning. So if we needed to. We don't, we don't need to guess anymore of, as to, you know, kind of what happened next is the child poverty rate doubled. And we also have interesting news, of course, in that Colorado has banned Donald Trump from being on the ballot in, in that great state. Hoorah! Weed first. Damn straight. Trump last. So, of course, next stop is the Supreme Court. Choo-choo. And one can only guess how that's going to turn out. You don't think it's going to happen? <laughs> I'm, I'm going to say that it's going to get overturned. What if uh, this time it doesn't? Can we yeah. talk about that? Uh, about it would be fascinating good because vibes only. it would uh, it would take, uh, there would be so many other states that followed suit and then he would just be, he would be inel- ineligible. other states follow suit anyway? 
They can, but then once the Supreme Court just takes this case up, it'll be precedent. It'll be precedent. And uh, it's an interesting ruling, as this as this court in Colorado said. We understood the far-reaching ramifications of this, and we did not come to this decision lightly. They wrote in their decision. I would have come to it really lightly <laughs> and quickly. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, no, they're going to put the Supreme Court. It's going to be interesting if the Supreme Court obviously overturns it. Uh, to see what the opinions look like and the rationale is. Um, because I guess that would set the president that you can incite an insurrection to overthrow the government and then run to be its leader. I know that like the Supreme Court exists for like checks and balances, but <laughs> I feel like it's unfair if they overturn it. <laughs> it's Little. like mommy and daddy being like, no. <laughs> You can't have that. You know, it's unfair. Yeah. Let's just one time let the state Supreme Court have it and then let, let us have it. Just let us have it. Just let us have it. Yeah. Have the, uh, one. I just think one. we should overturn the Supreme Court's power for like, like, a, like in the Barbie movie, like how they well, distracted all the Kens and then they re-ratified their constitution. We Franklin should- Delano Roosevelt threatened the Supreme Court at the time when he wasn't getting his uh, measures was getting his way, when they stopping were, his little feet. And he said, I, it's fine, I will just add like eight more people to the court. How's that now? And they were like, all right. And they shut Isn't the fuck up. Hmm? Isn't that blackmail or like uh, coercion? It's within, technically. Uh, it's within his powers to well, do so. Joseph Biden should mm-hmm. do that as well. Joseph Delano Biden. I always think that uh, whenever I think, because I know his middle name is like Rehoboth or something like that, right? I always think his middle name is recombinant, like uh, bovine growth hormones, because oh. I've got bovine recombinant in my head and uh, Biden. And so I always, in, in my mind, I say Joseph recombinant Biden. I thought you were going to say recumbent. Or recumbent? Like a recumbent bike. Oh. Th- those bikes where you're like laying. As I punch the mic, Jesus, you my, are all over with the my place fucking today. like scratched knuckles <laughs> that hurt. Um, the you know when you're like the people who like lay down. Yeah, that's what that's, that's called. That's a recumbent bike. Yeah, these those should also be banned for no, I because they good look for stupid. People with back problems, and they look stupid, and we should ban <laughs> them. So in my America, we're banning recumbent bovine growth hormones and recumbent bikes. Is that what is what is it? RGBH. Yeah. What what was that? Is that what is that the one that Ben and Jerry's protested against? Probably because for like from a lot of places, dairies and also, well, certainly from a lot of dairies because it was showing up in the milk. Right. But then also in uh, like a lot of the in order to get the grass fed organic beef certification, you have to have removed all those growth hormones. They're basically jacking these cows full a, of them. A really good segue into the headline that I picked. Well, tell me about that a little well, bit. Well, so the New Yorker ran uh, an essay this weekend called What Would It Mean to Treat Animals Fairly? And uh, I went in, you know, with no expectations, but I found it a very enlightening piece. It was sort of... You learned shit? It wasn't... I didn't learn necessarily. It was more framing the issue from two different standpoints, one from an ethical standpoint and one from a like a philosophical standpoint. So Mm -hmm. like we should, you know, not eat animals because it's bad versus like, I mean, I guess they're sort of the same in, in their core, but one of them is more like don't harm, do no harm period. And the other one is like, no, we like animals should have standing. So, um, it started with a anecdote of a case in Utah where a sanctuary stole two piglets from 
a pork place. Couldn't remember what pigs were called. And um, they actually uh, won. Slaughterhouse? <laughs> yes. Okay. They won. Well, it was, it's not as, it, they wouldn't call themselves slaughterhouse. They would call themselves like a pork producer. Um, and they they were sued by this, this company and they won because. Theft? Yeah. Property? But, but no, the, the animal rights activists won. Oh, because they were they were able to argue that they were able to to sway the jury, essentially, like, yes, we stole. But was it wrong based on the conditions and the treatment and everything? But the piece highlights two books that are either out or coming out soon. One of them is a like a, a new version of a 70s book written by the same person who's like updating it. And the other one is is the one who's like talking about animals having standing and I thought the only thing that has standing in like a human would be uh, corporate speech and money. Well, that's what she's trying to change. <laughs> Interesting. Because, you know, she was saying. That seems like an enormous precedent that could cause a lot of trouble. Good trouble. I'm yeah. Just saying that. That's, yeah. So that happened I th- that happened a couple of years ago, I think. And, you know, the way she's talking about it in the or just in the article is, you know, how would an animal advocate for itself? Well, it's like. It's just like in any other case where someone couldn't advocate for itself, they're appointed someone to advocate for them. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It was just a really, it, it talked about like how it wasn't graphic. There were a few like little bit of graphic tidbits. But if you're sort of someone who's on the fence about the idea or want to learn more, especially if you're someone who in that Facebook group enjoyed that fucking Neil deGrasse Tyson video that made me physically ill and angry. Um, so if you enjoyed that, give this a read for me. <laughs> okay. Because animals matter. Yes, they do. So that will be in and, the newsletter. And it even it combated it, there was a good section that combated people being like, Whoa, hey, what about the vegetables? And it's like, nope, we're actually the most crop grown is soy to feed animals. What about the water? Well, the runoff from a lot of these uh plants is poisoning our water. You know, so there's like, there's an answer, not to be like, there's an answer for everything, what my parents would say to me if I they thought I was, you know, talking back, like, you have an answer for everything. <laughs> but we do, because it's true. <laughs> so, okay, sorry, <laughs> triggered. All right, trauma. so that will be in the newsletter as well. Yes. And uh, while we're talking about the newsletter, just briefly, if you have, uh, I'm soliciting, officially soliciting commentary on the newsletter, because the newsletter and the new newsletter that we're going to be launching in uh, 2024 are going to be core to our growth. So I would love to hear your feedback, things you like. I can see a lot on the analytics as to what people are clicking on and what they enjoy. That's a lot of fun, especially. And it also makes me think and rethink some of the things that I'm, quote, obsessed with and making sure that I'm. Sometimes uh, they like when you like a song. No, yeah, no, that, that's usually clicked upon, which is a lot of fun. Uh, but you got to take this stuff really seriously. So I'd love to hear uh, from your perspective. If you look forward to the newsletter, why? What do you love about it? And uh, or do you see the newsletter and you're like, eh, I don't need to read it. It's not giving you something that uh, that you would otherwise look for in the newsletter. I would love to know. We are going to inject some RGBH into this newsletter. Yes. Some hormones, some baby. bovine hormones. That's right. We're going to get this all those fat striping in there and it's just going to be delicious meatiness that that just bleeds when you bite into maybe it maybe if you didn't eat meat you wouldn't have to intermittent fast yeah probably that called out and then on WSWS we've got an article about the impact of high interest rates on developing nations also falling under the category of we fucking told you so you're a world socialist website head yeah I like it a lot I like it a lot 
One of the things that we're including on the new website, by the way, that is going to grow over the next several months is a list of progressive resources. And we're going to be including places that are UNFTR approved for uh, news sources, animal rights, uh, activism, uh, you name it. So it's it's about, I think, eight or ten categories right now that we've built out where we're building a very, very big list of UNFTR approved resources in all things progressive. Yeah. Uh, and WSWS is on there. I love it. And don't worry, we will continue to update and iterate as people make missteps. Yeah. Well, that's it. And that's what's taking so long is going through them one by one, making sure that we vet them. Um, and I'm pulling from a number of other resources and we're not just taking them uh, at face value. We're really going into each one of them. So trying to, like I said, just trying to be helpful. Now, getting into some general feedback here, Carrie M. said, could you well-read people recommend some good books on modern Saudi Arabia? Uh, so you already uh, did half the job here by saying modern Saudi Arabia, uh, because that we don't need to get into a lot of the, there's some really great historical texts. Those are the ones that I have access to and can talk about. In talking about modern Saudi Arabia, I, I don't necessarily have a good beat on that. So I'm going to put that out to the unfucking crew to see if anybody has read anything that they enjoy. I imagine some really good deep dive into Mohammed bin Salman is a good thing, but I would imagine also the transition between uh, he and his father, it, uh, any any book that includes that. So if anybody has a recommendation that you could put out there for Carrie M, uh, I am not confident that I could put one forward. So we'll put that out to the universe. So the Unfucker Trucker wrote in, we haven't heard from them in a while. They said, was listening to your show notes on the quickie about the three men who would defeat Biden. Heard the comment from Snail Powered on on gun control and wanted to punch in a suggestion. If you should happen to do an unfucking on gun control in America, I'd recommend possibly setting the table about gun culture in America before touching on gun legislation. Johnny Harris on YouTube actually did a recent video talking about gun culture in Switzerland and how a young American government initially attempted to establish some of its gun laws based on the Swiss approach. I believe it would be a good eye opener and a level setter to understand the divergence of the two cultures. Such an awesome comment so i didn't see the johnny harris one but i did watch an old this is a while ago i watched an old daily show about the swiss gun culture and the laws that grew up around it and it's fascinating to know that there are as many guns per capita in switzerland as there are in america but there are a lot of walther ppks i bet there it are. might be walter like it might i think the 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 oh might. i'm sure they'll let us know but like, I'm pretty sure it is. And okay. I said Walther, like, I was sort of being tongue-in-cheek, but if you didn't know it, it doesn't, it just makes me look stupid. Okay. Do you want to bet on if we get an email about it from someone who hasn't listened fully? Sure. Okay. I think yes. Uh, no, I also do. So oh, no okay. bet. No bet. <laughs> Handshake. Um, so there was an old daily show that talked about the Swiss gun culture because there's as many guns per capita in Switzerland, which is really fascinating. As people or as us? As like, us. What? Yeah. No, How? it's it's amazing. So they, uh, and they we don't send have them our mass money. Shootings. We send them our money. Yeah. And this. Uh, somebody in Switzerland got that money. Yeah. That was German. That's the same thing. Switzerland, German. I dated a Swiss girl. Whoa. With an accent? Very Did much Did she have so. like a little milkmaid haircut? No. The braids? Is no. that racist? She was so fucking badass though. She was very cool. She I'm, was way too cool for me. Did she was she also have... like 10 years older and oh. didn't uh, want children. Oh, cradle robber. Yeah. yeah. How old were you? 12. How old was I? I was in my 
early tw- uh, 20s, yeah. What did she like want to do with you? A 34-year-old? Uh, yeah, I was just, uh, you know, I was just I, I was just that cool. Did she have a Swiss name? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she did. I want to know. You can tell she me later. She was very cool. It, she was too cool for me. Where is she today? I don't know. Let's check her out on LinkedIn. I don't know. Even my mom met her. Whoa. I know. It was a very, it was a, uh, what do you call those? Um, like a quick. Short-term romances. Fling, uh, no, like a, like a, like a spring, a, summer. What do you call May, it? December. May, December. It was a May, December romance. There's a movie called that right now on Netflix. Right now? Yeah. Okay. It's, how, it's being filmed as we speak. Oh, Thing wow. is, Julianne Moore, Natalie Portman. Oh, yeah. And that Charles looks Melton. actually pretty spooky and pretty great. I don't know what it's about, but Charles Melton is from Riverdale, so I'm really proud of him. I did watch the trailer a couple times. He's very handsome. Oh, yeah? I finished the Fall of the House of Usher, by the way, with uh, my that, little one. That's scary, right? It's a, it's a little, it's, yeah. I mean, it's a little scary. It's not as scary as uh, a couple of the jump scares in there, other, because it's it's part of the same crew that put together. Hill House? Hill House and Bly Manor. So. They keep recommending the subreddit to me, so it's the only reason I know what it is. Okay. Yeah. I liked it because the writing was so good because it's all based on Edgar Allan Poe, so the writing mm. was just like a cut above. It was really neat. Okay. Um, and it was fine. It was good. Anyway. Uh, so yeah, I think this is a great way to approach the topic, unfucker trucker. Like a really great way to do it. I will look at the Johnny Harris. I think for the most part, he does a pretty good job. So I'll look at Johnny Harris to see what the take was there. If there's anything I can glean, there's no question that we have to do a gun episode. Yeah, I feel like it's long, 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 long overdue, overdue, without a doubt. More than any other topic I can think of. And how about this? Full disclosure, I have three of them. There you go. Do you want to put that out there? Yeah, I mean, it is what it is. It is what it is. I don't is. know. But it made me, when I found out that you had guns, it made me feel different. Like it changed, it changed my feelings a little bit. Initially, I understand why and the history. Yeah, it was, it was way more about the history than, and I, and I truly don't need them or want them anymore. Well, that's why I'm saying, I don't know if, do you actually want to disclose it? Yeah, it's fine. Without the context. It's totally fine. The context was, Max used to be James Bond. <laughs> That's how I got the Swiss girlfriend. Yeah, Q gave it to you. Yeah, she was a Bond girl. She might have been. This all kind of makes sense now. Yeah, well, it is what it is. You could be like a Pierce Brosnan. Oh, it's so kind of you. You're welcome. That's very kind of you. They had a, uh, I, I watched a bad movie with him in it, and they had a really tongue-in-cheek uh, Easter egg about him being Bond. Is it Mamma Mia? No. He's so good in it. Oh, okay, by the fucking way. We try to do, when my wife and I watch movies, we try to do um, one for her, two for me. Because... Oh, her picks are bad. They're so bad, I always get another one, right? <laughs> so her most recent pick was, we've never seen my big fat Greek wedding. Don't you fucking say a bad word about it. All right, moving on. No, what is your problem? What's your problem? Did you watch the first one or the third one? The first one. What's your problem with it? Let's just say I got more than two picks after that one. What's, what, 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 what? It is the worst editing I've ever seen. Who cares? It is the least believable story. They're Greek. Okay. Greeks aren't real. They have big families. Uh, Yeah, I get it. It is the least believable romance. The worst story arc for the individuals in that movie so fucking Why, poorly she, acted uh, i mean so poorly acted it it's it was a disgrace and the and the editing is so disjointed it's like somebody made it on a fucking you know camcorder it was 2003 they oh, didn't have okay. final cut Did you pro see et from the 80s 
They were doing that on reels. I mean, they were splicing that together. People, magic has been made. What's you, wrong you with her storyline? What do you mean? She has a little bit of a glow up and then she meets a hot teacher and they get married. And he's a vegetarian. It's a fine storyline. The way it was executed you know was so meat? bad. You know eat meat? It's so okay. Bad. I make lamb. You know how many family quotes come from that movie like all the time? It's okay. Doesn't hold up. I'm saying it might have meant something no, I've to some seen people it. in a very specific period of time. But it, it, to me, it's as bad. You ready for it? I'm not. You ready for it? It's as atrocious as Love Actually, which is one of the worst fucking movies I've I knew ever that, seen. I know that you hate that movie. Because it's terrible. It's not. I and just all, watched and it. And every person in it is a shitbag and a that shit is part. That is fair. That is. And I, I don't even understand how anybody roots for any of those couples. Emma Thompson. Well, you're not. You're rooting for Emma Thompson as. Emma Thompson is, is an international treasure. She was, she's amazing her. in that movie. The way she conveys her pain when and she's, she's realized. she's alone. She is alone on the screen and nobody can hold a candle to her. Because they're all terrible. Again, another film that is so horrendously edited and cobbled together and there's no redeeming qualities to the vast majority of the protagonists. Maybe you just need to watch a movie for joy instead of watching it to like dissect it. I try. I really try. You're telling me that My Big Fat Greek Wedding brought you no joy? Literally none. I think that is... Only anger Were you in a bad mood already when you started watching it? Not at all. I was sitting on the couch with with my bride, the woman that I love, and we were excited to see it. It was on our bucket list of movies I want to talk to, I want to say her name. <laughs> specifically because we had just gone to a very Greek Orthodox wedding over the summer. And we're like, we really need to see that movie because there were a thousand references throughout the wedding to it. And we felt like, oh my God. So we shouldn't to it see mean something to you if culturally it means it's like important to them? It would be like if you told me Fiddler on the Roof was a terrible movie. Okay, first of all. Greek Orthodox, Catholic wedding, Jewish wedding, they're all the fucking same. Okay. They're all That's the same. Not true. There's Catholic nothing special wedding, about any of Catholic this stuff. weddings are so different from Jewish weddings. Our our services take like five minutes. Your services take like forty five minutes because you have to read I'm from not the Catholic. Bible. Don't say your services. Whatever, your people. My people. You they're people. Not my people. Those people. Those people, fine. They're they're different and they're sadder. Let's smash the glass now. That's that happy. Everyone the, cheers. Everybody cheers, but it represents the destruction of the temple in Judea. It's like everything has a sad undertone. Yeah, but in we don't. Wedding, I don't even. Like we, don't even a, we don't even talk about that. We don't talk about it. We just do about it. it but, okay. you, do you people? Do those people go in chairs and Stop go? Hey, you people. I you people can't not, fucking believe. They're all the same. It's all nonsense. I so can't, those two movies are terrible. Terrible. You, I, let's hear. Let's hear I, from it, on fuckers. I, now speaking of unfucker un, un trucker, what thank about John you for Corbett? You in. think he wasn't good? Who? He looked Greek. Is that the father? No, Rip Gus and Gus. I, Nick, 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 Nikki, and I am Gus. Yeah, no. What about yeah, the I little grab? What about the Yaya? She's going. Is that funny? I mean, come on. You do you literally like? Oh, oh, oh you laugh like oh, oh, that really tickled my butt. Oh, okay. stop. I didn't say it. Like, it's okay, like, it's like you smirk a little at a. I smirked a little at a couple of the things. It's fine. It's, it was just so poorly done. I'm, I I'm ate sorry. my own twin, Bibopsy. So ridiculous. Andrea Martin, she's a fucking icon. Yes, yeah, so a is Jewish Lainey Kazan. icon. Lainey Kazan, yes, right? A, she, also a Jewish a Jew. icon. All, you're right. Every time they came in, they were like, "Oh my God, there's Lainey Kazan." One time I watched this. turning in a really fucking terrible performance in an awful movie. Please. I like when she plucks. She's plucking her chin hair. And she goes, one big one, one more. Um, she, I, I could recite the whole movie for you. Uh, you, uh, you really can. It's kind of scary. <laughs> can we keep going? Well, here? I was gonna say one time I watched the second one, 
when I was a little buzzed and I, I cr- can't I believe cried. there's more. There's a third. I haven't seen it yet. That's ridiculous. But Gus is dead now. Okay. That's sad. That is sad. You didn't laugh at Moose Kaka? No. Moose Kaka. Moose Kaka. I say it all the time. <laughs> well, now I'll know what you're referencing and then I'll have a little Well, don't say it to smile. you. I say, you know, you have like people you quote things to. Mm-hmm. So my, my roommate is part Lebanese, so she'll make things that sound, and I say, like, moose How much more heresy can I put out there? Here, Here's another one. You know what else is a terrible fucking movie? The Boondock Saints. Everyone knows Boondock Saints is a bad movie. But And yet, it was so made, many middle-aged men my age... It was made for age, incels. <laughs> middle-aged men, like, my age are just like, Boondock Saints is the best Boston movie ever fucking yeah, made. Yeah, because it came like, out at stop. a time where it was like, just stop. every other word saying fuck was cool. And I like Norman Reedus. I'm a fan. What about that the scene where William Defoe movie. tap dances? It's obscene. It's that part's it's a weird. little funny. It's it's just I don't know. If you here's like a if you like then if you like Boondock Saints and yeah. you want to elevate it, watch In Bruges. Loved In Bruges. I feel like I loved in you know Bruges. be an adult and watch In Bruges. If you like Love Actually, That's continue one what of you're my doing. my favorite bromances. Mm. Did you watch the new one? I didn't. Martin McDonough names all of his things the same thing. The director, because mm-hmm. what what is the new one named? Do you remember? In Gouge? No, it's like well, <laughs> I saw a play he wrote yeah. with Daniel Radcliffe and it called The Cripple of Inishman, and then the new one has like the same name. Oh yeah, and I'm like, you can't, you, you can't, you people are gonna call it in Brugies. Uh, one of my other best friends spoiled the uh, the allegory that the movie is essentially based on, which it, which to me it so. would it would appeal to me just in. Any allegory Gen- was lost on me. <laughs> uh, no, in the new one. Oh, you know, okay, okay. So, um, but I, I, I actually would like to see it. I heard it's extremely tedious, though. I mean, I like unbearably tedious. Brendan Gleeson. Me too. Big fan. Hot. What? <laughs> Said no one me. ever. I think Brendan Gleeson is hot. Me right I'm now? not. Do you have them trans transposed in your him head? And, him? No, Colin Farrell. <laughs> yes. No, I think Brendan when he was Mad Eye Moody in Harry Potter, and like when I was younger, like. I would, I, there was something about him I found handsome, even as Mad-Eye Moody. I loved when he punched out the Canadians in the uh, in the restaurant that were uh, I don't, talking about him smoking. I don't have it memorized. I will get, I, I've or seen it. his girlfriend it, smoking. But. Yeah. In Bruges? Yeah. It's like, one. I mean, it's, it's, I feel like, then what would you recommend if you like, don't like my big fat, or if you like my big fat Greek wedding and you want to upgrade, what would you recommend so, watching? So here's literally what I thought. I'm like, oh, everybody must have been talking about Mamma Mia. This is so fucking oh, bad. They okay. must have been meant that we should have seen Mamma Mia. Mamma Mia. I mean, Mamma Mia. <laughs> Which I've never seen. I mean, I. it's amazing, but terrible. Watch it. If you want to see, if you want to see Colin Firth in a little ABBA jumpsuit and... Mm. Stellan Skarsgård, not Peter gr- Sarsgaard. They're not related. I know. Just checking. Yeah. And wait, the other person. Well, there's there's my guy Sarsgaard. Yeah. Right. Peter Sarsgaard, not related no. to the Skarsgårds. Right. Skarsgaard is the uh, the clown. Bill. Right. That's yeah. his kid. Right. Yes. Yeah, but Stellan, yeah, yeah, is the dad. And Stellan is the guy from uh, the killer from uh, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Sure. Okay. Never seen it. All from Goodwill Hunting. The professor in Goodwill Hunting. Yeah, of right? course, of, of course. What are you saying? Why are you Why are you being like that? I've never seen it. Goodwill Hunting. How do you like them apples? Fuck. <laughs> Noah J sent a really long, thoughtful email with a lot of feedback from over a couple of years. 
So we just picked out a couple of highlights from it. I picked uh, out but the, it was the self-aggrandizing portion because it was so kind. It, it, so it I, was we had really awesome. It. Uh, but he really did, like, he went deep on, on a whole bunch of other episodes. And Noah, just want you to know, you are seen and you were read. So thank you for sending that in. So here's the uh, the self-aggrandizing portions, as, as 99 so aptly stated. If I had one request, do more episodes that bring out your fire, Max, because when you end on a passionate note, the passion is felt on my end. People love when you get angry. I think there's going to be a lot more of that. In uh, I, I, I think 2023 was my pensive year, and I think I'm I'm going to get all riled up, especially because it's an election you got year. shit to work through this year? I, I do. And, and I worked through a lot of stuff in 2023 from, from a... It's been a, an emotional year. It has. And it, 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 I feel like it was a it was a gap-filling year. Like, I felt a little fraudulent coming into some of the episodes that I really wanted to get to and felt like I didn't have the context for it. So that's why I feel like it was our, our gap-filling learning journey year. And then we can explode back onto the scene in 2024. It's like the, episode, the season of Community where Dan Harmon didn't write for it. They called it the gas leak season. Oh, interesting. So then they like reference it and they'll be like, that was because of the gas leak. Because <laughs> like, why did you act like that? I th- have such strong feelings against Chevy Chase that I didn't, I never gave the show a shot. That's that? fair. Yeah. I mean, he did basically leave because everyone was, he was like, he pl- he essentially plays himself like a racist, cranky curmudgeon. Yeah. And, and fought with everybody as he does. Yeah. And then they were like, you got to go. I heard him on Marin recently. I, 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 didn't you link them the newsletter? I did because I, it's like if if you re, if you want to understand why people hate him so much, just listen to that episode. I, I thought he was like pretty racist and sexist. I don't know if he was like me too or anything, but I, I'm confused why we're still giving him a microphone. It, it was it was weird that he was even there, and I think that was like even Marin was like, I have to do this because it's him. Okay, because there was like a there's legitimately a 15 year period where he was in terms of just pure box office numbers the king of of comedic movies i mean the king his run was was legendary a run like most people don't get and holiday times too especially still and forever (laughs) it will forever be you know clark griswold christmas you know what movie i've never seen christmas story wow i've seen like seriously snippets of it on tv you know like i know you'll you'll poke your eye out and i know the lamp yeah and i know the kid gets his tongue stuck and they made a new one that people were like, it was fine. For uh, Okay, so for me? Is that like, oh, the bunny outfit? It goes. In this Holly movie? It's a Wonderful Life. Okay. Mary, you want the moon? I'll get you the moon, Mary. Zuzu's paddles. I think I have a good Jimmy Stewart. You do. Thank you. That one wasn't good. Elf. Shopper on the Corner. Christmas Story. Okay. You? Love Actually. <laughs> I'm not doing. I'm not. Go, I'm not going in order. Oh my god. Uh, Love Actually. You know. You know what I watched recently. Sorry, Noah, but you know what I watched recently. The first Santa Claus. And With I, Tim Allen. Yeah. The second one's amazing. Oh. The first one amazing. I was. I was like, how, it, it's a, I mean, like. I don't know that you as an adult would come to it with the same joy as because it came out when I was like five. Fair. But um, I mean, my mom still loves it and watches it during Christmas. Uh, but the first Santa Claus is fucking depressing because mm. he's a he's a like an absent father who doesn't want to be present in his kid's life. He's a workaholic. And then there's a here's a spoiler. Me and my roommate were pontificating about it because he Santa falls off the roof and that's mm. how he beca- he puts the jacket on and becomes Santa. Mm. But we were kind of looking at it and we were like, did he fall off the roof on purpose? And then he just sort of like flipped away. And we were like, 
theorizing, I was like, what if he was chosen to be Santa? Like they knew he had it in him. And then apparently there's a there's a, 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 a sequel prequel series, or I don't know which one it is. And it's true. He was chosen to be Santa. But so he puts on the suit, they deliver, they go to the North Pole, he, his son comes with him and all this stuff. And then the son becomes so obsessed with Santa that they like take the dad's parental rights away. And because he also starts gaining weight and getting like a, a beard and shit. Mm-hmm. So it's just this man who's seemingly devolving into insanity who can't see his son anymore. Mm. And at the end, it's like, I am Santa. But I was like, this movie is so bleak. Dark. It is. Like he comes into work like really fat because he's Santa now and everyone's like worried about him. Mm. It, it, it was very bizarre. This I mean, not is that so being fun f- being Juice explained the origin story of Santa. You've never seen The Santa Claus. <laughs> no, I haven't. Um, okay, but also something I wouldn't volunteer to watch because Tim Allen's in it because I, I dislike him. I know, but this was th- it, know, it happened before. I mean, he was. But then again, I uh, you know I, I will watch Christmas. Yeah, Christmas Vacation. Well, okay, so I like an elf. I got a little burnt out on Elf, you know. Sure. Um, but definitely love. Actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw one out there. The Family Stone, terrible movie. I love it. Uh, Rachel McAdams. Fan. The dad from Parenthood. Coach? Is that his name? Is he Coach? Craig T. Nelson? Yes. Diane Keaton. Diane Keaton, Sarah Jessica Parker. Sarah Jessica Parker. One of the worst actors Dermot who ever Mulrooney lived. Dermot Mulrooney or Dylan McDermott. Ah, that I just saw that sketch. It's And they, I couldn't answer the question during it. They're, they Killing do, me. They do one when Arcade Fire was on. I mean, Arcade Fire is slightly canceled now, but... It, what? Yeah, oh, wait, the, I, I can't. I can't. I'm sorry. It was very devastating to me. But they did new member of SNL or Arcade Fire member because they all kind of had like a wacky look to them. Um, but yeah, one of the D- Dylan Dirt McDermott's. Um, By the way, this cast is off the charts. I know. Diane and Keaton, Sarah Jessica Parker, Rachel McAdams, Dermot Claire Danes, Luke Wilson, Claire Danes, Luke, yes. Tyrone Giordano, who I recognize his face, Craig T. Nelson, Mark Brandanowitz from Parks and Rec. It's uh, like you should watch it, but like watch it with your wife <laughs> and enjoy that it's a bad movie. But there's something about it that's very. Uh, I actually don't think you should watch it. It might be personally triggering. I'm realizing now. Um, so don't watch it. <laughs> An uptight conservative businesswoman accompanies her boyfriend to his eccentric and outgoing family's annual Christmas celebration to find that she's a fish out of water in their free spirit of way of life. Why would that be triggering to me? Well, there. Do you want me to tell you what happens? It's upsetting. Oh, no, never mind. Yeah. Okay. All right. There but, is, so watch it or don't? I'm confused. I think people should watch it. I think you might, might make you sad because of what happens. All right. Okay. Yeah. That's fair. Read the wiki plot if you want right. to know. Um, right. Should we get back to Noah, by the way? Well, I didn't, I didn't listen to did other your three. I, I can't. I don't know. The biggest argument uh, to date on the rewatchables is whether or not Die Hard is a Christmas movie. I'm so tired of that argument. Yep. Okay. Wait, did I say? Oh, I said one. Well, Shop Around the Corner is great. Never heard of it. It's the original. It's it, well, it's Jimmy Stewart. It's the plot of You've Got Mail. Like that's the original story. You've Got Mail is the one where they're pen pals, right? Yeah. Oh, I'm thinking Sleepless in Seattle. Seattle. I know the same okay. movie. Got it. Got it. Got it. But yeah, so the plot of it is that. That's adorable, and it's a holiday movie. Yes. Okay. Because it it just it takes place during the holidays. No, right? So. So does The Godfather at one point. So. I mean, I so does Harry Potter. Yeah, one Harry and Potter. two. It's Harry Potter. Harry Potter, not a not a real movie, and it's written, and it's written by a turf. I can't believe you like it. 
She wasn't a turf when she wrote it <laughs> that we knew of. All right, can we can we honor J- Noah J here? Fine. He's complimenting us. I'm just I feel like I'm missing a big movie. I'm that sure Christmas we are. Movie. 99 Warrior for the Word Police. Thank you for speaking up for those who don't feel comfortable doing so. Maybe we should have kept in my diatribe and you berating me a couple weeks ago. Oh, you know, you you figured out that I cut it out? <laughs> it's made you one of the most considerate people and helped me check my assumptions about what things mean to people. And then you asked, apparently we brought up Parker Posey. I don't remember bringing Parker Posey up, but you said Josie and the Pussycats, amazing movie, 10 out of 10. So here, I'm mentioning it for you. I love it. Um, That's got a star-studded cast. I did not see... I don't think I saw Josie and the Pussycats. Tara Reid. Everyone's name is... Tara Reid never happened. She had... She was supposed to happen, and then she didn't happen, right? She's a little mentally ill, I believe. Okay. I think maybe drugs. Okay. Tara Reid, Rosario Dawson. Oh, my goodness. Um, Who's... What's her name? She she was formerly the betrothed to Cory Booker. Yeah. What's her name in (laughs) She's All That? I mean, yeah. What's her name? No idea. Rachel? Are you also Rachel? I don't know. I know her name, but it's completely escaping me. Her name's Lainey Boggs, I'm and she's all that. Lighting up IMDb here. Today. And then Parker Posey, Alan Cummings. Always fun when um, Alan Cummings makes an appearance in a movie. Travis Birkenstock from Clueless. Mm. Breckin Meyer. Okay. Donald Faison. Oh wow, that's Josie and the Pussycats. Yes, really. Uh, and there's some I was songs. probably Rachel talking about Parker Posey being part of the the crew, the Best in Show crew. Okay. That's probably, if Noah's going back into the archives, that's probably what we were discussing. Yeah, he, he, they mentioned Best in Show, so that makes sense. Yeah. But I love Josie and the Pussycats. Fair, okay. There's, they have songs in it, because they're a band. Right. Well, I watched, grew up watching the cartoon. Well, he looks at me with his innocent eyes. I, I wish 99 would let, would go on camera, because when she breaks into song, oh, and no. this is every time. What do I do? She locks... Her gaze with me, but she's not looking at me. She's looking through me for the lyrics, and she's almost like like an axe murderer creepily sings at me as she's oh recalling no. these lyrics. And so it's always something like this where she's looking at me deep. That's in so the upsetting. The and no. it's really fun and funny for me. I thought you were gonna say I light up. <laughs> you definitely light up the room. I'm terrified. And also you light up the room. Oh, no. That's great. All right, now I'm going to have to close my eyes to do it for next time. Noah has a comment for Manny. Manny, your recent response and episode about Hip Hop Can Save America hit hard. I've added HHCSA to my playlist. Manny, he called you a wonderful surprise. Oh, that's what I call one of my daughters. And some general feedback from Noah said, thank you for sharing why L, this really does go back, is the first in the LGBTQIA plus episode. As a member of the community, I find their reason very impactful and now encourage people to stop using the slang alphabet mafia, queer community, except, uh, et cetera, because it limits the intended impact of fighting the patriarchy. Good stuff. And in the military complex episode, you shared the earlier reports of climate change and naval initiatives in the 1990s. This has changed my strategy in talking to climate change deniers. I also like to bring up the UN climate report to remind people of the expected events that will cause mass migrations. That is, again, so this yeah, is just a, a little snippet. A, a snippet of a very long email catching up all at once. 
awesomely written. So so fun to actually go through that because it was like a uh, yeah. We actually could have published it as like a three year in review. <laughs> yes, honestly, by Noah J. It was great with with a little commentary. <laughs> yeah. like we could, it's an op ed. It was it was cool. Next up, we've got John Jay. Yeah, so John said, don't know how you folks regard the show, but I think Behind the Bastards is a lot of good info and history, while being quite a bit snarkier and darker humor than you people. They did a multiple-part story on Kissinger, so I don't know that I would appreciate a super deep dive on him, maybe more his legacy than his history. Yeah, I think I called out that series specifically. It's the only long Behind the Bastards series that I actually got all the way through. I was fascinated by it. They did such a great job on it. And, and it, it was one of those series where it made me not do a, uh, an episode on Kissinger because it was yeah, like, like out of respect. Yeah, it was like they did that and they, they crushed it and they did such deep research on it. And it's one of those things where every episode started with, OK, now, if that wasn't fucking bad and horrible enough, you're not even going to believe what he did I'll next. I have to listen. I haven't. It's I just obscene. Yet. He really was such a fucking monster. Yeah, it was a little ways back that they did it. So if anyone is learning about this for the first time, you'll have to like scroll in the feed or just Google it. But I didn't I want to say almost a year, maybe that I don't know. Yeah. But I just know it wasn't like yesterday. So there I have to go look for it. But we do. We regard the Behind the Bastards crew. You know, uh, game recognizes game. No doubt. It would be great to collaborate one day. Um, as a matter of fact, in the very, very beginning of the show, on a handful of occasions, people asked if I was actually the behind the bastards guy. Yeah. Which oh my God, his name is escaping Robert me. Evans. Thank you, Robert Evans. I don't, I've said it before. I don't think you sound like him. I think he sounds like Pat Oswalt. So. Yeah. It's just like, yep. you guys don't sound, I mean, I guess I know you too well, but. Yeah, no, we don't sound similar at all. I don't think, but I don't know. Sometimes it's hard. The voices come through. But anyway. Ray W. said, People who stutter will often reach a point where they sound nearly fluent, but are still putting in invisible, more accurately, inaudible effort to appear to speak fluently. We concentrate on our airflow as we speak, avoid sounds that are likely to cause a block, and constantly edit what we're saying, all while trying to remember the content of what we're trying to communicate. It takes a lot of work for a stutterer to avoid stuttering. Mine's been largely invisible or inaudible to other people for probably 25 years, far less time than Biden's has. So I've internalized the processes more, most of the time, but they still take mental effort and energy to distract me from what I'm trying to say. Very often a stutterer doesn't express their challenge as a stutter, but through the techniques they use to avoid the stutter or by the distraction or pauses that those techniques cause. Thanks to the team for this educational opportunity. Yeah. So this is in response to our discussion around um, the use of a particular clip where I was attempting to demonstrate that uh, the president doesn't really have uh, full command of all of his faculties at the moment and um, and is in decline. Yeah. And uh, it was a clip that I used where I I cut it off too short because it made it looked like I was just making fun of him stuttering rather than you know. But even that you know hearing this full explanation could have been could have been him using techniques to cover for that. It was just to me it was funny that he was trying to say. America has been described in one word and then literally went on for like a minute and never said the word. Yeah. So that was sort of like this guy just cannot grasp and stay with the concept. His mind is just clearly wandering. But Um, specifically, Ray is also responding to, I said, I didn't think it sounded like a stutter. So I apologize and I appreciate for letting me know. Yeah. And this was actually really uh, neat to read, you know, the process, because I think we have 
for those that, that don't stutter, we have very few access points to it. So like the the King's speech is it was like a huge, yeah. I think, cultural point that where it came into the cultural mainstream for a little bit. But it's not something that people think about every day. Yeah. Or it's things people make fun of, like, wasn't there a stutter in the Howard Stern's Wag Pack? Oh, yeah. Stuttering John. Yeah. I couldn't yeah, think of, of his course. name. So yeah. like, you know, it's like a something we laugh at, which isn't cool. Yeah. Stuttering John's a terrible human being. Um, one I that has mean, nothing to do with the other. I'm sure most of the whack pack is. <laughs> and um, and and also, part, uh, Goodfellas, Spider, you stuttering prick. I mean, there's there's been a few things over the years that, that got into like the very comfortable lexicon. I I have so there's like a song that came out recently that I like that she asks, "Did I stutter?" And I said to my roommate, I was like, "Why are we still using that as a phrase?" Right. Like. I don't like it as like a, did I, you know, like trying to snap back at somebody because it's like, what if you did stutter? It doesn't make you any less powerful or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I think that's one of the, you know, as much as we still say like turn a deaf ear or a blind eye, like I think we should also retire those types of things. Mm-hmm. The end. The one I don't retire because I can never effectively grab the, my replacement phrase because I think I've said it for so many years is blind spot. Um, and I can always see 99 looking at me like, You'll get there. All right. So moving on, we have, uh, we had, I'm grabbing my boobs, grabbing my boobies. We've got Dan H 99. What did Dan have to say? Yeah. So Dan responded to the call for uh, AI ideas. So Dan said he sent a list of topics. I'm going to list them. So AI and education is AI racist. Is AI going too fast without proper safeguards? How does AI work? What can it actually do? Our chat GPT and LLM AI copyright infringement. Hmm. Who sets to profit from the further development of AI technologies in business in the public sector? There's so many. This is cool. Thank you, Dan. Appreciate that. Yeah. One of the fun things about writing and going on these journeys is starting with prompts like this, where you you just Put have them your right own. Into yeah, exactly. <laughs> you have your own questions, and you're like, "Hey, I'd re- I genuinely don't know the answer." I mean, this is the origin of so many episodes, where it's like. Here's the thing that is widely believed, and I genuinely don't know how to talk about it intelligently other than to just give some sort of knee-jerk reflexive response to, oh yeah, AI is racist or whatever. Is AI racist? It's a practical matter just on that one, by the way. Newsbeat did an episode a while back on uh, profiling technology used by police departments and the fact that the, the source code for that particular AI is is inherently racist and actually cannot tell black faces apart i don't want to say you know across the board has more difficulty telling black faces apart uh than did it on chicago pd oh is that right yeah they had an episode where the the top rip from the headlines the top brass was like we want you to use this and it picked out the wrong person and the people were like you told us this was fucking good software and now we have the wrong person in holding and we've like fucked up his day and shit there you go and like there are more serious implications so good job dick wolf <laughs> you said that at me so aggressively good job dick wolf god why don't you sing it while you're at it really creep me out man uh great prompts appreciate that dan h and uh so we've got guns and we've got ai there's two on the docket don't put them together no uh, and will hold for it. Piss off, William Wallace. What? What? Watkins said, a mild admonition to you both. I actually surfaced this in the last newsletter as the unfucker comment of the week. I know it's super easy to poke at Christians and Christianity, especially <laughs> Me given... calling them you people? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, well, you were you were really specifically talking about the Catholics just before. Yeah, so, of course. Yeah. Especially given the power imbalance we see in this country and around the world, the close connection of Christianity to imperialism, suffering and death, and how we see people act in the name of their interpretation of their Christian faith, which can be hypocritical, mean-spirited, and offensive. Nevertheless, I would suggest that whenever you are dealing with or talking about articles of faith, of any faith traditions, that you do so with less of a tongue-in-cheek attitude. So that is something actually that I, I get. I think it was in show notes a, a uh, month. We've or gotten a, a few, little bit ago, right? A few times this comes up. Pastor Tim yelled at us. Yeah, lovingly though. Well, this is all loving. Where I actually uh, did, oh, I have rant? rethought. What? Uh, you went on a rant one day. I did. Did you cut that? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but I have more recently kind of rethought where faith lives in the progressive sphere and that I have discounted. And I, and again, I think a lot of this stems from my personal atheism, which I also, you know, it took a long time to, to kind of surface and reveal. We all have our perspectives. We all have our, our biases. And I have a clear anti-religious bias in my writing and my research and my interpretations. And it's something that I'm actually, actually working deliberately to overcome because that's just so that's just such bad faith to to do to do it that way pun not intended but should be so yeah will i hear you and i've actually been trying to get better about it also there are a lot of so and we talked about this as well there there's a lot of the the ritualistic aspects of religion that i tend to find funny and will will mock and poke and poke fun at I don't know that I'm necessarily going to... Well, I do a lot of that stuff tongue-in-cheek. I don't know that I'm necessarily going to stop doing that. I just don't think... I understand what Will's saying. I just don't think the lore should be off-limits because it is it is kind of silly. Why can't we talk about it? I just, you know... Yeah. I don't know. Well, <laughs> I can't, now I can't me. remember what we cut or we, we haven't cut in the past well, when, tell me, when I ramble. T- tell me what you are going to say so, and I'll let you know. Well... So very specifically, one of the times I had gone on all about the, and I know that this stayed in because I had gone on about the the pomp and circumstance yes. of funeral traditions. That got a lot of pushback because people were like, you know what, man, if I find some comfort in that, yeah. then just fucking relax. It's not hurting anybody. And and I really took that to heart. And a lot of the stuff that Pastor Tim has taught us over, over the years, uh, I take that to heart as well. And one of the things that I have recognized is that I do have an anti-religious bias in the way that I approach some of the work. And that doesn't mean that you can't criticize exactly what Will's talking about here, how some of the power imbalance through the auspices of religion has manifested in bad policy and some real inequality and, and harmful laws and legislation and all those things. People interpreting scripture in a particular way and then trying to craft a worldview and then policy and then law around it is really damaging. And that's the stuff that's all fair game. There's so many inconsistencies in scripture that I think it's valuable to call that stuff out. And we're, I actually have a, uh, a buddy of mine who's going to come in in the new year and we're going to sit down and we're going to do a little Bible study together, uh, which I think will be a lot of fun on Mike. On Mike. Nice. Yep. So we're looking forward to that. And um, and it is something that I'm looking to incorporate more of. You can't tell history without talking about religion. So it's silly for me to try and avoid 
or evade these arguments. Uh, and some of the ritualistic stuff, though, I think I will continue to, uh, I'll continue to have sort of a tongue-in-cheek approach to it, but I will, I will try to do so with sensitivity. Yeah, I think for me, it's like, I have nothing but respect for people who live their lives by the tenets of, like, the Bible mm -hmm. and, but, like, people who are kind and forgiving and open and all of those qualities that Jesus stood for, quote unquote, mm -hmm. depending on your belief of who Jesus is, but that we, that the, at least to my understanding, what Jesus stands for, like I have nothing but respect for people yeah. and caveat, caveat, caviar, that they don't uh, evangelize me because, you know, everyone to each their own. But there are so many people who act in bad faith, pun intended, mm -hmm of that, that it's like the people who have to kind of suffer through it. Like, and I'm, I, again, I, I'm trying to be really careful of my works here. Like I'm not, I don't, a casual religious person who's living their life being a good person. I'm not saying I have to suffer through your existence, but like the person I saw, I was behind a car today that had stickers that said J Jesus, kindness, but then they had don't tread on me <laughs> and we the people. So I was like, you know, mm. are you really living by the words of Jesus? Mm -hmm. So like, yeah, let me make fun of Jesus being a ghost baby to you. So it's like, that's where I'm kind of like, it's open source at this point. It's it's a public domain. Yeah. And I don't know. I would hope people would understand our intent behind it. There's no malintent. It's just kind of like you know, it's two people, two laymen joking. Like there, I mean, we've covered other podcasts out there, conspirituality or straight white American Jesus. I mean, there are so many, there are great debates to be had as to, you know, whether uh, Jesus is an avatar of the faith or was it actually a person, like a real person in the world who who walked the earth and and performed miracles. And there's great debates to be had about all of that kind of stuff. To what extent it influences policy and our lives on a day to day basis is is the intersection that we need to be concerned with here. That's where I need to take. I think some take it more seriously and take greater steps to include a perspective that kind of honors some of these traditions when they either positively or negatively impact circumstances on the ground today. That's the, you know, and I, and I think that's really what Will's kind of getting at and what Pastor Tim has, has spoken about in the past as well. And my, my personal belief system shouldn't really crowd out any of the actual concepts that we're unpacking here. So any rate, thank you, Will. Always great to hear from you, my friend. Uh, the great and talented Will Watkins, by the way. We've talked about his art before because he happens to be a very talented artist. Probably also one of the most beautiful writers that offers us feedback from time to time. I, I appreciate uh, Will's mind. Anyway, let's move on. We've got Goat. Yeah, Goat said I mixed up. I did mix up my words the other week when I said, um, or Goat saying, uh, effective altruism is about using evidence and reason so your efforts or donation does as much good as possible. It's very here now. And then there's something called long-termism, um, which emphasizes the well-being of generations to come. And he says, I don't I want to say the latter is pure horseshit, but <laughs> it's it's kind of stupid. Um, and there is some overlap between the phenomenon. I do believe OpenAI like refers to their the the board like they refer to what they're doing as effective altruism mm. so even if maybe i just describe in my description but i'm like almost positive that is what they call it but to me it sounded more like what goat's calling long-termism so maybe there's some sort of conflation these days of Got just it. like the two theorems but effective altruism that's a 99 original right there all right me and that one guy <laughs> <laughs> i love it uh and linda p said 
I've been wondering about the effect on Israeli politics of the Haredi, the ultra-Orthodox Jews, receiving preferential treatment in military service and taxes. See Wikipedia on exemption from military service in Israel and search their special tax status. It seems to me that creates an artificial pool of very conservative voters. After all, if liberal politicians are elected, those special privileges will likely be revoked and the Haredi will be treated, well, equally, right? Um, so, Linda, I included this comment because I have a lot more to research. There's the what you're stating, which is my understanding is true, that they do have exemption from military service and also special tax status. But I don't know if that's as individuals. So let me just put that to the side. My understanding was that that their organizations enjoy a special tax status. And I didn't know that or understand that they as individuals did. Uh, so that's something I'll look further into. What I'm more interested in and need to really understand more deeply is how the ultra-Orthodox are viewed by the uh, the conservative politicians. So I'm, I'm speaking Likud party specifically, but there, there are parties that are to the right of the Likud party. So I'm just sort of grouping them into the more secular. To the right of the Likud party? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's where the Ben uh, Gavir... Uh, wing of the party comes from is that, and that's the alliance that the Likud party had to make in order to, to retain control. I, I guess I didn't realize the is how na- far one of the one of them is is oh, it's escaping me right now. But uh, one of the parties had had a, a pretty significant and sizable block, and then there's there's ones even to the right of that that don't really have a, a voice and a say. They maybe have one or two pol- parliament seats. But Do you know, block is spelled with a C. Okay, what's that? Block. There's no K in it. B-L-O-C. Yeah. yeah. Do I put K in it? Mm-hmm. I do that? Yeah. It just occurred to me Thank to you. tell you. Um, so what I need to, what, I, what I'm really interested in understanding is where they fit socially and politically and economically, I suppose, because a lot of the, the what you see on social media and in uh, Israeli news is how, um, I mean, you'll see, you'll see the IDF routinely, I mean, beat and brutalize ultra-Orthodox members in, in Israel. It's it's kind of a strange relationship. So you have on the spectrum of what we would consider sort of like conservative, or let me say traditional Jewish settlers in Israel, you've got the socialist wing, the kind of like old school idea of the Ben-Gurion settlement of those that live on the, on the kibbutzim. Then you've got the Ortho, or I shouldn't say ortho, the conservative, secular, right-wing political apparatus that is very militant and, and you know, everything is in strong defense of the state of Israel. Then you have the ultra-Orthodox that are really gathered more around Jerusalem. They're not as, uh, as ardent proponents of the Jewish state necessarily, which is really fascinating to me. And that's the tradition that you see uh, within a lot of the Orthodox community in the United States as well. Also, not a monolith. You can't paint paint them with a single brush here. But there is a sect of the Orthodox community that is not in favor of the Israeli state. So I haven't really unpacked all of it or all the different dynamics and layers of it. But I wanted to tease this out because uh, it is important to understand uh, that these questions uh, weren't answered by the uh, Palestine series. All right, so why don't we go over to social media before we bring 101 into the room. We've got Nurse Boogie. How y'all feeling about Bernie these days? Mm. And I'd love to see here an episode about him and the deep wound of European Jews and Israelis making terrible mistakes based on fear. Two separate episodes. Yeah, I can't 
uh, I, I don't have a comment on the latter. The how you all feeling about Bernie these days? Um, Bernie's an interesting case study when it comes to Israel because he has been critical of Israel's political policies and in favor of a two-state solution, I think pretty much forever. Again, he's Mr. Consistent. But he has stopped short of criticizing Israel to the extent that most progressives in the caucus have been willing to step up and criticize Israel. And he's he's been taking fire, like he's taking so long to ask for a ceasefire or to join in for a call, calling for a ceasefire. So here's one thing. I have my feelings. I have put my feelings out there on the record. I also don't presume to tell any Jewish people how to feel about this conflict. Thanks. So... Like there's people that have just that have just straight up called Bernie a coward for, you know, not standing up for the people of Palestine against Israeli occupation and aggression. Then again, he's been on record longer than most people that are criticizing him have been alive, saying that he is dead set against the occupation and Israeli aggression. It's just that I don't think that he and, you know, and it's funny, I don't know how much of that is, you know, none of it is based on funding. None of it is really based on fear for his seat or his political life. So my interpretation of it, when you say, how y'all feeling about Bernie these days, is that he inherently, as, as a Jew, feels the conflict that so many Jews feel. Like, I mean, there's there's been articles, so many articles now written about the Jewish civil war in America and how the Jewish community is tearing itself apart over this specific issue. And a lot of it is drawn on generational lines. So the thing to remember about Bernie, which I try to contextualize with all of our older audience, is that they come at it from a different perspective. So just just a an actuarial fact that Bernie was there for the founding of Israel. I mean, it's just what it is, right? I mean, he's he's that old. I mean, he was a kid. Mm. <laughs> not saying not saying he was like. Uh, uh, you know, in in office or anything like that, but he might have been. If Bernie's eighty, right, then he was, um, you know, he was very much aware as a, as a young Jewish person growing up in in Brooklyn, that would have been important. That moment would have been extremely important, and he is definitely cut more from the Ben Gurion cloth as opposed to the Benjamin Netanyahu cloth, right? So I think that he understands that without Israel, Jews are unsafe in the world. And at the same time, he, he definitely understands that Israel's right wing is making Jews unsafe in the world. So with that tension in mind, I think it's a lot easier. For example... It's so easy for us to go back and criticize things that happened prior to us being sentient and aware. Whereas if you lived through things and you lived through Civil that tension. Civil war should never have happened. <laughs> Civil war was very bad, by the way. And I've spoken openly recently about, and somebody actually criticized uh, this in uh, my interview with uh, Professor Khalidi, that I spoke very openly about the bloodlust that I felt after 9-11. And because of that was a that was a case of proximity. That was a case of being, I mean, pr in my prime as as an adult and a, as a thinking, feeling person, living right next to an experience that literally altered the world and how 
you know, my generation has one foot in, we'll see everything through the lens of pre 9-11, post 9-11, that that was the dividing line for us. Well, for Bernie, I mean, there's a number of those things. There's a number of those moments that we, a lot of us can't appreciate. Yeah, he's got pre-civil rights movement. Oh, yeah. And Bernie is, has such a young mind and such a young approach to things. But with this history, if anything, I still marvel at his consistency. That Bernie was so on the right side of history for so fucking long. Yeah. When so many weren't. That it's hard for me to really criticize him. Yeah. So I give him way more grace, let's just say, than somebody who is just, let's say, taking Apex money and keeping their mouth shut about this. They must have called him like a fucking lunatic radical back then. Oh, yeah. Oh, and self-loathing Jew. I mean, that's just how he was was, uh, portrayed, without a doubt. He's been very critical of Israel's No, no, I know. I'm just rolling my eyes at that phrase. I'm sick of it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We're, we're self-deprecating. We're not self-loathing. That's true. <laughs> uh, so anyway, Nurse Boogie, that's how I'm feeling about Bernie these days. And then two quick comments on YouTube. There are a bunch of comments on YouTube, but uh, the MMT video continues to gain some steam. And so put this on the board as well, that we need to revisit MMT. But I really want to do that in a phone of friends. So I just need to shit or get off the pot, reach out to Stephanie Kelton. Uh, who's in New York and is totally gettable and would be happy to update us and educate us on MMT. Because I think the infrastructure bill and a lot of the spending bills have created more questions around MMT. And that it's it's, it's a totally viable sub... It will continue to be a very viable subject and continue to be debated. So Tim R. was uh, the first of the two comments that we wanted to bring out. How do you decide among budget priorities if every important budget line item is affordable under MMT? A great question. And Scruffy said, I'm trying to understand MMT and how it plays into inflation. If there's anything that impacts us, it's inflation. So it seems that the Fed's answer to control inflation is raising or lowering interest rates. So good questions that I I just want to put out there and just let Tim and Scruffy know that that you're seen uh, and that... I'm going to incorporate all these MMT questions into a follow-up episode, hopefully with somebody who is known for, you know, the theory of MMT. And then Todd J said, Todd J is talking about the Montreal Protocol. Thanks for dipping back into this topic, Max. The words existential threat and climate change should be said together more often. Lots of socioeconomic tie-ins to a migration toward a green economy. And that is all good stuff. So we got some coffee donations and some memberships before we make a very special introduction. So thank you to Zach Brinkley, who is now a member, Luis ML, who is also now a member, and R, who is a member, and said, y'all rock. And Tim N bought us 12 coffees, and at Skier Femme is now a member and said, thanks for all the nuanced research, for calling our attention to issues we may not be paying attention to, and for making said research bearable to listen to. I wonder if there's some active project that could be divided into small parts so your members could do something. Right now, I'd like to see the the ordinance left from the Vietnam War in Laos and Cambodia removed. Maybe someone knows of some billionaires. Any way to cajole some ultra-wealthy people into repairing harm from the past? There are some uh, great resources dedicated to uh, cleaning up Laos and Cambodia and um, taking care of a lot of the 
the mines and the unexploded bombs that are there. I know that for sure. And maybe that's one of the ones, the resources that we should put on there. And if we're going to, in the spirit of what SkierFM is talking about, I think if we're going to crowdsource any sort of efforts, it might be around the new resource directory that we're putting together to ask people to come in and give us some responses to that, but also to surface some resources that aren't included as we build that directory out. And that is that we had no reviews. So unfuckers, as we go into the new year, make yourself a new year's resolution to give us a great review. And with that being said, you might've noticed over the last minute or so that 99 has been quiet. That's because 99 no longer has the microphone. <laughs> it's just, oh boy. It's just me and 101. Holy shit. Get your ass up to the mic there, 101. Hand fuckers. Wow. <laughs> look at that. A new voice. 101. I have so many questions. Oh, God. A lot I can't really ask because she's still here and she's in the room. Let's just start with one of the simple ones. Who's the favorite? Ooh. It might be me. It might be me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pointing in the background. It might be you. And why is that? Why is that? Hmm. 99 was a bit of a problem child at times. Is that right? But it's it's come full circle. Like now she has surpassed me in life in like all categories. So. Really? Yeah. Yeah? I think so. She's she... way cooler than me. Way funnier than me. Just better than me at everything. Uh, I she's mean, that's so. She, listen, I love her dearly. I And I do think she's the best. At the same time. Did she not just today try to murder you? <laughs> I mean, that did happen. That did happen. Yeah. You have to share the details. What's your perspective on it? My perspective? Yeah. What What, what did you see? <laughs> We're talking about the same thing, right? Oh, yeah. When I took an axe to your head. When she tried to throw you down the stairs of her apartment building. <laughs> My leg still hurts a little bit. Um, no, it was really scary. My heart was racing. Um <laughs> I was like crying and laughing at the same time. Um, it was quite a tumble. I <laughs> I wish someone got it on video. It, okay, so it's possible that it is on video. <laughs> and I know that 99's roommate is going to check with uh, building management to see if it's there. <laughs> what I find interesting is that um, 99 claims that your first instinct was in the vein of these terrible Chicago shows that you watch is to... <laughs> go get help and maybe set her leg or something. I, I don't know. Just do something. It's some medical intervention that would show that you're truly altruistic. Whereas I think my instinct would have been to look for the cameras to make sure that we secured that footage first and <laughs> foremost, because that must have been, yes, harrowing, but also really fucking funny to see the two of you tumbling <laughs> down the stairs. Yeah. It's hilarious. And I was in I was in Zoom meetings today um, for work and I would just start cracking up and forget that I was on camera, like just thinking about 99 just tumbling down the stairs, <laughs> landing like face first, her, her legs like kind of up in the air. <laughs> it's it's gonna we're gonna be laughing about it for a long time. Yeah. All right. So now let me ask you this. If you weren't sisters, do you think you would be friends? I think so. Yeah. Okay, so we what do you what do you love what what do you love the most about ninety nine that you think unfuckers maybe don't know? They know a lot about I'm you. A pretty open book, <laughs> except that nobody knows your name, really, what you look like, or your favorite band, or the places you go. Oh, okay. Oh, there's a question. How many times have you seen this ridiculous band? More. More, right? Okay, so that by the way, unfuckers, this is 
How many times have you seen this band? 99? Like Approximately. 87. 87. Okay. And you have, I mean, clearly seen this band play more. What are we talking about? Like 150. <laughs> What's wrong with you? <laughs> Sincerely. I wonder, I wonder that. What is wrong with me? Don't you think that's like a lot? <laughs> like maybe too much? No, it's never too much. It's a good time. You should come check it out with us next Yeah, time. that's not going to happen. So do you ever think that like all the money that you've invested in going to see, like that you've thrown it away, like, you know, let's say uh, cigarettes. Like, oh, wow, mm -hmm. all that money I've spent on cigarettes over the year, if I had that in my pocket. It's an experience. Is it? Is yeah. the cigarette an experience? Always. <laughs> and you could argue, I mean, each cigarette is the same. Each show is different. <laughs> Very okay. different. Okay, all right. Yeah. Right? Okay. Good logic. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think Tucker Carlson said that recently, by the way, <laughs> that there's never been a bad cigarette made. And so you have to give credit to the tobacco industry. That, oh that was God. like a hot take from Tucker. So I actually oh. feel bad at bringing that into the conversation. OK, so back to 99. So, OK, maybe a lot has been disclosed. But what is it that you not just because she's, she's your sister, what do you genuinely love and look forward to when you're with her, or you're talking to her, like the things that that you love the most about 99? I think first, she's just hilarious. Like, I never laugh as much as I do when I'm with her. And yeah, she's like the funniest person I know. Even when she's trying to kill you. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Even more so. Um, I guess what Unfuckers might not know is how generous she is. She's like the best gift giver on earth. That is, that um, is a like fact. Super thoughtful. I don't think I've ever met anyone as thoughtful. Even um, though she tried to use her present for me to murder you. <laughs> This morning is all coming together here. Yeah. She is an, she's a remarkable gift giver. <laughs> she sees who people are. Yeah. 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 Like she's just amazing that way. Um, I'm going to get all choked up here talking about 99. Yeah. Too. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't realize today was therapy. Who loves, I I who loves animals more? Say a quick hello. And I'm in the hot seat. You are. Who loves animals more? 99. Yeah. Yeah. Who's done more for animals? 99. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm a proud plant fucker, but 99 has gotten up close and personal with the animals in a way that I haven't, like okay. mucking their stalls and, you know, actually like loving the animals where I'm more at a distance. I do it for ethical reasons, but I'm not like up in there with the cows like 99 is. So. Okay. So can we talk about your specific plant fucking? Sure. What about it? To what extent do you go and, and why? I go all the way. Tell us. <laughs> Third base. <laughs> um, you know, that's not all the way, right? I just, I mean, I'm not. Home plate. <laughs> Sports. Home plate. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm a plant fucker for all the reasons. Um, I think it started, it started with health. It evolved into like the ethical reasons, the envir environmental reasons, all the reasons. Um, but I think even more so like the ethical as time goes on. Okay. Can you give me a couple of your, your favorite movies? Oh, no, that's really hard. Is it? Mess. Are you a, are you a movie person? I would say I kind of am, but I'm really bad at coming up with my favorite things. That's fine. Well. Okay. So let's, let's approach it this way. If you, if the two of you were cast in a buddy cop movie, like what would you be? Would you be the kind of like hard edged, grizzled, experienced, tough person in the relationship? Would you be the comic relief in the relationship? Would you be the 
empathetic. Like in the buddy cop movie of 99 and 101, how would you portray your personalities? I'm definitely the more like serious one (laughs) who's like trying to keep things in line and, you know, trying to get 99 to like do her thing and prodding and pushing. And she's the comic relief for sure. Okay. All right. So, but also the lovable one. Okay. All right. What would you call your buddy cop movie since you, you're both into this Chicago, whatever, with this horrible run of, of bad TV? What would your buddy cop movie be? So I think it would probably be called 21 Jump Street. 21 Jump yeah, Street. How I, original. Yeah, I don't think there's anything called that. Okay. 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 99 Jump Street. Oh, that's cute. Or 100 Jump Street right in between right the two of you. Between. Yeah. Why isn't she 100? Because mom is 100. Was mom 100? I think so. The, okay. The order doesn't make sense. Yeah, we fucked that up a little bit, right? Well, you picked 101 and then that used to be our street address. So I thought it was Kismet. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. 101 what? I'm not going to say. <laughs> 101 Jump Street. Uh, what's your favorite thing to do when 99's not around? Give us a little color into 101's existence. Mm. Garden. I do love to garden. Um, I love to watch the one Chicago shows. <laughs> um, and text 99. Oh, come on. <laughs> Just come on. Oh, yeah. I have a, I have a pup. What kind of dog? Should I disclose her name? I I don't know. That's okay. I don't know if I will. She's a lab mix. She's 101 and a half. Mm. She's three. um, And she's the sweetest. What's her coloring? Black. And she. A little bit of white. Okay. Uh, Like full size lab, or uh, she was mixed with something else. So she's a little smaller. She has some pit in her. So she's smaller. She's like 50 pounds. Does that mean she's got the like the boxy English lab head? No, not a boxy head. No. I don't know. It's more like, it, you know how pipples have that kind of like squishy head? Mm-hmm. Kind of like that with like a normal lab snout. Cute. You would love her. Yeah. The, literally, I've never met a dog that people just like are obsessed with her the second they see her and meet her. Mm. When we take her to the dog park, she wants to be with the people more and they just love her. She's okay. so fresh. She's like a dog's dog. Loves a bone, loves a stick. She loves belly rubs. The best girl in the world. Which one of you is more likely to be the executor of your parents' will? Oh, 101. <laughs> There's no hesitation from Absolutely either of them there. No question. Yeah. <laughs> She's going to be the executor of my will. Okay. Um, and what's, so, okay, so we're getting a, we're getting a kind of a portrait here. We're, we're, we're filling in some blanks. Irresponsible. <laughs> we're getting a, we're getting a portrait of both of you. So. What's the most reckless thing that you've done, 101? Oh, God. Oh, my. <laughs> In my whole life. <laughs> I don't know. And, and was it with and because of 99? I guess I haven't done enough reckless things. The most reckless thing you've done. 101's the executor of the will, but I'm the executor of her memories. Mm-hmm. I remember her life like differently and better. Better so than I, can I refresh. do. I have a really bad memory. We had it's oh, a little scary. You had that okay. party in senior year of high school. That was a good one. Where somehow she convinced our parents that they they were just going out to dinner and she was having friends over, but it was like a full on house party. Yeah, it was the kind of party where it was like bring ev- everyone you know kind yeah. of party. Even like, though our parents were just going out for a little while. Yeah, well, we sort of got. A, I mean, I hid my room because I was like twelve, but we sort of got away with it. 
It's pretty sad that high school is the last thing I can remember. Last <laughs> <practice>. <laughs> no, you're just responsible. You were beer, brewing beer in college and they thought you were doing meth. That is true. I did get in trouble for that. Have you ever cooked meth? No. Okay. Not yet. All right. Not yet. There's but you could, time. right? There's still time. All right. Um, do you grow your own weed? Plant fucker. No, but Why? I have trimmed other people's weed that they've grown. You've trimmed and other people's bushes? Yeah. Uh, and apparently I'm very good at it because I I like hyper focus and it's like a very kind of mundane activity that takes a lot of time. There's a HBO it. special right now about bonsai. Oh. And they keep saying bonsai and I'm like oh. bonsai, but it's bonsai. <laughs> and it's talk about people that take things like way too seriously. My goodness. But I imagine that between the two of you, you would be the one to trim the bonsai that we wouldn't want to leave that in the care of 99. I don't know. I might be good at that. You have plants? No. My roommate waters them. <laughs> One time I planted parsley and it wasn't growing. Mm. And Manny's going to hate me for being over here, but. Yep. He is. He is going to be so angry. It's like it's authentic. Yeah. Um, but I was like, I don't know. My parsley's not growing. She was like, have you been watering it? And I was like, no, you water the plants. <laughs> there you go. And then it started growing. Uh, I think Manny's going to be more frustrated that he knows that we have more microphones. Yeah. And we didn't even bother to hook it up. Yep. But, you know, it's yeah, fine. Yeah. It's fine. Also, we'll never know if he's upset because he forgot his microphone and can't respond. So there's that. He's going to go buy one. Yep. Yeah. Do I get to tell embarrassing stories about 101 now? No. Oh. No, because you, you get the mic one. every single week. When my parents used to baby gate me out of her room. Why? Because I just wanted to be with her all the time. Oh. And so. That's so cute. she didn't want to be with me. Oh. Because she was like. Cooler? Well, she'd be like six and I'd be like two. That, yeah, you were probably annoying. Yeah, so yeah. they baby gated me, and I would just hang over the edge of the gate, looking into her room sadly. Okay, bye. I was really mean. Were you? A little bit. Like yeah. really mean? Yeah. Not like mean, just like dismissive. Didn't want to be with me. Yeah. And there'd be like, there's like our like, home videos, and I'll be like trying to play, and she'll be like, no. <laughs> I was pretty actively mean. I wasn't me. I beat you up. Oh, wow. I told no, you you were play, annoying. That was play fighting. But that's sister shit. That's, yeah. Yeah. that's it wasn't fine. anything traumatizing. Right. Like, I'm, I'm okay because of it. Uh, are you the best of friends? Yes. They're both nodding for the listening audience. I said yes. Yeah. Sorry, this is my first time on air. I don't know how to behave. <laughs> that's not I don't true. know how to behave. <laughs> he used to be a college DJ. Oh, like at parties or on no, the air? No, on the air. Oh, nice. You, I was on the air. interviewed... Actual musicians. Did you tell your story? You interviewed. <laughs> no, no. It wasn't it? Wasn't an interview. That's why it's funny. It wasn't an interview. It's it's a pretty silly story. I, my college was trying to bring a very expensive act for our graduation weekend thing, and it was going to cost like a hundred thousand dollars to bring this act that nobody actually even wanted to see. <laughs> and I was really pissed off about that because I was in a lot of student clubs that like didn't get enough funding. Um, and I was like, why are we putting all this money towards this act? There's like way cheaper acts we can get. And I just decided to make it my pet project. And I like made a petition and like went around and drafted people to like go around to all the dorms and get people to sign off on it. We got a lot of signatures and I still have it because it's funny to look at. Eventually, um, this act did not come, not because of the petition, but just for some other reason it fell through. But the student clubs didn't get the extra money. It just kind of got reabsorbed back into the budget. So and there, that's a bummer. And there was your life lesson about economics and power. Story. Yeah. 
But I isn't like it, it funnier knowing who the artist was? Totally. <laughs> That's totally. why I think it's the funniest part. So. It is. Sorry we can't hear that. Um, okay. So now listen, final word. What? So here you are. You're in the belly of the beast. You're, you're, you're at the undisclosed bunker broadcasting to tens of people <laughs> in the unfucking audience. Thousands, I mean, thousands of unfuckers. You get the closing word today. As we head out of 2023 and go into 2024, what do you want all of the unfuckers to know? I just want to thank all the unfuckers for supporting the show because I get to see firsthand all of the love and dedication that goes into it. And it's amazing. And I know you all know that, but I really get to see it from this whole team. So thank you all. And tell your friends about UNFTR and happy holidays to everybody.